0: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh welcome to the first ever episode of Claret Coaching Podcast. Today for our very first episode we've got a special guest, Evan Parker. Welcome to the show, Ev. Thank you, Josh. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate, not too bad. Uh how are you? Yeah, I'm really
1: good, surviving the uh global pandemic.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. I know it's not a good time for uh for people at the minute, businesses and uh Obviously, what we're in the fitness industry, it's not it's not the best at the minute. It's far from it. Far from I don't know. So, uh, for people who don't know who you are, can you just tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Of course, yeah. Like I say, thank you very much for having me today. Um, my name's Evan Parker. I'm a PT based in Burnley. Uh, I've done personal training now for near enough a decade, give or take a year either side, because you sort of get lost in it all. And basically, I'm a drug-free bodybuilder, long time since, Christ, I want to go all the way back to high school, Um, now I'm full-time, many goals and aspirations, looking at uh, taking on my own staff and um, ever-growing into the
0: fitness industry. Oh, great, great. Um, just like we talked about the pandemic when we started off. First off, let's address let's address it. How do you feel about the current current, current like situation, the pandemic and stuff?
1: That's well, a really good question, to be honest, because it's a bit of a touchy one at the moment. If anyone's listening to this in future, this is the uh, coronavirus pandemic. So the fitness industry, as well as salons, barbers, um the drama industry, so people that do like Broadway shows, we've been absolutely thrashed. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, I've never seen such a divide by the the public in my life. Like, obviously, you've got the side that are on the furlough and they're sitting at home really happy with their 80% wage, and then you've got the self-employed side who have been told by the government, that we have to wait three months for every paycheck that we get. And even that's 80% based on profit, not income. Yeah. You know, it's okay for the ones out there who aren't into fitness to give their opinions on, um, you know, how sad it is for people to be moaning about fitness. But we've got to remember that fitness is, it's one of the best antidepressants out there. It's so, so important to people's lifestyle and people use it for, even if it's an hour to just get away out of the house.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: so, so many benefits of yeah. it. Yeah. How yeah. I think about it is, um, in my own personal opinion, is what you've asked for, is uh, the government's gone around it in a very strange and weird way, and we've been brushed to the side, and mental health is continuously on the rise, and the, st- uh, the statistics are proving it. So, how I feel is a little bit hard done too. Um, my own current state of mental health, we're on the third lockdown now uh, and this is the worst I've felt all the way through it because on this one, um, I really honestly can't see an end to it.
0: No, 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 I, I totally agree. I think fitness is a massive, a massive key, like you said, for people just to get away because obviously some people might be working from home and seeing all the same four walls is going to be difficult. So, for you just to get out and exercise is, is really massive for, for people's, like I said, mental health and stuff. So, even like, like on the weekends, people's hobbies, you know, if you play amateur football or semi pro football, that's all cancelled. So, it's just taking that people's hobbies away. But, you know, it's difficult, it's difficult times, really difficult times.
1: Uh, obviously, the UK's population uh, basically is. Uh, has always been a, um, a pandemic an issue in itself uh, and that their rates is obviously going up as well because even the ones that were exercise, exercising are now exercising less. Yeah. Um, so it's an ongoing issue that, um, I mean, diabetes is one of the main, the top 10 causes of death in the UK and that is obviously a common form uh, in and around baby, bio- uh, in and around obesity, and these things need addressing and need addressing seriously. And thankfully, we've got a lot of health professionals that are still doing amazing jobs, training people outdoors and providing yeah. that bridge um in between mental well-being and physical fitness.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So obviously, speaking about training, uh what got you into training?
1: Bloody hell, Josh! <laughs> <laughs> What got me into it? What Um, got you into it? But basically, when I was in high school, um, I was inspired by a number of athletes. Uh, One was Bruce Lee. Uh, Another was um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, as obviously a lot of people know. And another was uh, the Rocky films. Right. Uh, I love Stallone in the Rocky films. Obviously, the Rambo was great, but Rocky was like, Oh,
0: everyone loved
1: Rocky. Sick. Everyone oh, loved it. Massive. Um, so, long story short, I took Rocky on board and I thought, um, I'm going to try out a bit of boxing. Um, so I asked around a few people and I went to a local boxing gym where I live in Preston called uh, Catherine Beckett's, which is uh, was a famous one and now Larches is up and running and um, that's really good and there's some great boxers coming out of Preston. Um, some world champions, in fact. And um, and basically when I was when I got there, uh, <laughs> you've got to remember boxing, you're getting punched in the face all the time. So uh, yeah, it's a bit daunting when you're in high school. So what I did is I used to go to the boxing gym. My dad used to drop me off. Uh, and I used to go in there, and as soon as we got in there and did the warm up, which was like, you know, you're jogging on the box, you press ups, you sit ups, your burpees. He was like, right, off you go. And I, I used to think, fuck this. So I used to hide <laughs> in the uh, and the side of the um, the boxing gym was a gym. Yeah. So they had the boxing ring and all the bags around the outsides and the floor area for your shadow boxing. And then they had a gym attached to it. So I just found myself getting closer and closer to this gym to get out of uh, being called into the ring because that ring might as well have been hell on earth for me. <laughs> uh, so I, I got into the gym and... um just started watching people train and taking tips from people and just started lifting, really. Uh, and then, basically, I developed a massive love for weight training through fear. Um, and then I'll never forget uh, one of the scariest days of my life. So, uh, the head coach there was called Rob, um, and he, sh- he stuck his head through this wall. I uh, didn't actually stick it through a wall. It, they had, like, one of them holes in the wall. Yeah grandparents used to serve you breakfast Oh
0: yeah, I remember yeah
1: (laughs) So uh, he stuck his head through that and he he said, what are you doing in here? He said, get in this ring now I swear mate, that was the the moment where my balls dropped for the first
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, don't want to (coughs) go
1: So yeah, I got in the ring and uh, long story short um, put me with this lad and I was petrified and I I battered this young lad in the ring to be fair Uh, and then he put me He he got him out, and then he put another lad in, and then you feel hard as nails then, like, you know what I mean? And then uh, this one, I I battered him as well in, like, another minute. So then he put this other lad in. So then I was, like, dancing around the ring, like, oh, Lee, going, oh, yeah, Rocky. Do you know what (laughs) I mean? And then this third lad kicked the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he, uh, he had me there. I think, obviously, he knew how to train people. He was a, he was a great coach himself. And um, this has stuck with me now for, you know, way over a decade, these memories. So, he, he knew who to put me in with, like, build my confidence with a couple of um, of other lads as well. And then uh, put me in the ring with someone who he knew was going to do a beating on me to show me that, you know, you're not made of glass, but you you, you also... Um, one punch away from being beaten so that built my confidence a lot as well so then when I went in there I was all over bags and I I remember um before I stopped I uh used to ask him if I could get in the ring you know you know what I mean so the the mindset shift was unbelievable yeah um, to go into the gym for about 20 minutes lift my weights and then stand next to the bags in the bag next to the ring, you know, hoping that he'd ask me in there because I wasn't scared of it anymore. Right. Well,
0: well like this, I've had the that kind of coach. You know, it's them kind of coaches who you think that they're intimidating and you're scared of, but they're just trying to get the best out of you, and then putting in in them situations like I did for you. Putting you in the ring is like got that fear away. So like when you were saying you were on the bag and hoping to get into the ring, it's a massive shift in it. So, which is good. Them kind of coaches are brilliant. Even though when you're a kid, sometimes you think they're intimidating. They're, they're out to get you, but they're just out for the best for you. Yeah, uh, saying, you know. uh, we're uh,
1: a lot older and have a lot more experience now. We we understand the importance of them coaches that you don't have to be a loud coach that's kicking a client's ass every 2 minutes and dishing out 100 bur- burpees for to be scary you know yeah. like, to, to to be someone sometimes people are more mentally challenged than physically and it's uh, the the best coaches out there are the ones that get the best out of their clients
0: oh, 100% 100% speaking of, speaking of coaches so in your years as a coach what 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 is the best team you've worked with when you was a coach?
1: Yeah.
0: So this this is
1: difficult because there's been there's been a lot of very good PTs along the way. Yeah. Um but you're not asking me about individual PTs, you're asking me about a team.
0: Just um, a team, yeah, around you.
1: So I'd 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 say Hands down, the original team that I was with uh, at Lifestyle Fitness, um, yeah. we had a very, very good bunch there. We were all, you know, bless us, we we're all young and we we're all new to PTing. But um, I look at some of the guys now, and obviously some of them never made it as PTs and went on to other businesses. But the ones who are still in it now, I'd say, 90% of the ones that are still in it now, I still keep in contact. Well, um, oh, that's, good. that's good. The ones that I don't keep in contact with, it's nothing to do with not getting on or anything like that. It's just the way the world works. And yeah, ones, as far as I hear, are still doing very well for themselves. Um, you know, there's some fantastic personal trainers to come out there and, uh, it was called Lifestyle Fitness back then, but it's now changed to the gym group. So their ethos has completely changed. But when it was Lifestyle Fitness, we we even used to have managers meetings um, in Manchester once a month where I'd meet uh, all the other uh, managers from all over the UK, uh, Scotland and Ireland as well. They'd fly over once a month uh, and we'd all get together in this massive boardroom and discuss um, the KPI, so the key performance indexes of all the gyms and how well the PTs were doing and any challenges we'd face. So, you know, that was led by a, a head trainer called Andy McGlynn. And I, I owe a lot to Andy. Uh, yeah, back at things, there's, there's so many people who stand out in your career. Um, and lifestyle fitness uh, had a model. Um, in and around Andy, where we were aware that we were the leading fitness trainers in the company, um, and it was just that—it's like going back to United um, winning near enough everything in Europe. Obviously, we did win everything in Europe, but when you believe that you're in a, a very good team, um, take this into your sport. When you when you've got that belief, yeah, you. you, you you honestly feel like you're indestructible together, uh, and at lifestyle, that that's that's how I felt. Yeah, the team was disjointed. We were young, um, but now I look back, mate, and uh, my experiences there have carried me through the years. And um, it was just such a, a memorable time, like in my in my career, is where I started. Uh, you know, I made the most mistakes in my career there, but I also um, learned the biggest lessons as well, not just in mistakes, but in um, positives as well, how to build a business, the clients that uh, came and went. So, yeah, I'd say hands down to answer your question. Yeah. Uh, no offense to the other teams or, or, or anything like that, that I worked under because I've worked under some of the best personal trainers in the UK. Um, but, yeah, hands down the team at Lifestyle Fitness.
0: Oh, brilliant. It's, it's like you said with the belief in the team and stuff. It's massive because you could have the best fitness coaches, PTs, and then if they don't get on with the other the other ones, it won't gel and it won't be good. So as long as you get that gel and that belief in a team, then you'll go massive It'll be massive. But, like, there's thousands of young, obviously, striving to be PTs. So what advice would you give to a listener who may be thinking about becoming a PT?
1: Well, what advice I give? Um, don't do it. Now I'm joking. <laughs> uh, first of all, I, I'd you know I'd, I'd easily say that the the decision that I made to go self-employed over being employed was the scariest but best decision I've ever made in my life. Yeah. Um, the moment you go self-employed, you have zero income that's given to you. So everything that you've earned, you've built. Um, So you've got to be prepared that when you take that jump, if you're going into self-employment, because there's this whole new generation of personal trainers that thinks it's a good idea to become an employed PT, but then all you're doing is selling yourself to the gym and working hours for them. Yeah, Uh, it's slave labor at the end of the day. As a PT, you can earn, you know, minimum of thirty pound an hour if you're good enough. Like that's minimum. And yet these gyms will pay you seven quid an hour and people are accepting that. So, you know, that's that's each to their own with with that. So my advice would be um, be prepared to work your
0: ass off. Yeah, well, well, so speaking about ups and downs in PT and obviously a fitness coach, for you yourself, name your biggest success since starting as a coach. So, big, um, biggest success.
1: I. It's very, very difficult, that one, because um, I've just had about six come to my head. Um, so for me, every single client transformation that I get is no bigger than each other. They're all a massive success because I've had to walk the walk with them every single step of the way. All my clients and ex-clients will vouch for the fact that I need... Input and messages and data every single day to move them forward. Yeah. So I cherish each and every transformation um, that I get, and I, I definitely, like I said, wouldn't say that any have been better than the others. Even if it's from um, somebody who I've had that's obese to then gets lean, they are considered as good a transformation to me as the rest. Yeah. Um, so, I, like when I when you think about successes. um, Personally, I'd probably come away from my own business and I would say I'm sat in my house right now
0: uh,
1: with my car outside and the hours that I've built has put me into this house brick by brick, cement by cement, plaster, paint, carpet that I'm standing on. Um, So my first two there would be you know, my car outside is the car of my dreams and the house that I'm in is is here all because of what I've built with my own two hands and the hours that I put in and the five in the morning wake-ups, you know, the nine at night finishes. Um, every single second and hour of the day has gone into everything that I own and I'm very proud and privileged to say that, that it's not been gifted to me or lucky. Um, yeah. So, from a personal point of view, I'd definitely say, um, it, well, it's it's quite materialistic sounding that, but um, I'm proud enough to say that that is that. Oh, that's um, brilliant. Brilliant. But I think when I think about work, if there's the first client that always stands out um, is a fella called Lee Cunliffe, Um so basically Lee is um ex army. Uh, he's a fantastic bloke. And oh, he
0: should be fit as a fiddle then if he's ex army. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, yeah, they're not all, believe me. Uh but Lee's mindset is uh it's second to none. Um I don't train Lee anymore, but you know, I still follow him out on Facebook. He's a fantastic lad. And when he first came to me, he uh he had uh Problems with his calves, and uh, he couldn't. It basically, he was a, a marathon runner. He tried running <clears throat> a marathon. Uh, well, he didn't try. He did, and he did well. Um, and I think they call it the uh, the World Series. Um, so basically, it's uh, you have to run so many marathons, um, and they're all in different countries. So you got uh, London, Tokyo, uh, Brisbane. Um, all all different kinds of areas, uh New York, um and obviously all of these you've gotta pay for yourself and not just that, you've got to run a bleeding marathon. Oh, you've got to
0: train mums before, aren't you really? To get
1: I think uh Lee ran um a good few and he came to me and he said, Listen, you know, I've got I've got these ones left and uh I think the London one was left, and he, he really wanted a PB there, but he couldn't. He couldn't run, mate. Like he, his his shins and his calves were jiggered. Yeah. So after doing like bits of physio, um, bits of uh, rehab on it, and a lot of conditioning and strength work. Uh, Lee <laughs> Lee went and uh, absolutely smashed a PB and uh, in in that marathon to finish his. Um, Series And he came, he came back with uh, all the medals and he'd had it framed by this certain company. And um, I'll never forget the day where he turned up to the gym and uh, he brought in this uh, massive sort of canvas of um, these framed medals. And I got a photo with him. Uh, you'll see that on our uh, Instagram page. Um, and it, I think as a coach, even though I'm not a runner myself, it was probably the proudest moment I've had as a coach just because um, of the achievement to run one marathon, um, but to what he did and to the commitment, time and money. Um, and I don't want to go into Lee's background of what he has been through on a personal level, um, but put it this way, he's been through a lot. So to, to see him do that, and then he went on after that to even do a uh, an Ironman. Oh bloody hell! Yeah. Uh, swim, cycle, run, mate, and uh, a marathon is in that. And the, uh, the I mean, the the, the cycling's like two hundred miles. He, he's an absolute athlete. Absolute machine, by the
0: sounds of it. A
1: credit to every single person out there because. Oh
0: yeah, hundred really like
1: all of us. He's never had anything handed to him. He's a genuine bloke and. Like I said, nothing's more important than the other, but for me, um, as achievements go, that, that was probably the proudest moment
0: of my career. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. But uh, shout out to Lee, if, if you're listening, well done on your achievements, mate. They're great. Uh, but obviously, we have success, but sometimes we have the laws and the mistakes. So what mistakes have you made along the way so listeners can take value from your experience? How, how long have you got, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: this podcast can't be, you know,
0: it's got to end soon. <laughs> oh, you won't have any mistakes. You're, you're perfect, PT. No, oh. no, but no, oh. you, you always have the mistakes sometimes. But like you said, mistakes, you learn from them and you get better.
1: Yeah, well, 100%. And uh, trust me, there's more mistakes than there are positives. Um, so I won't go into all of them because I've probably forgotten about a million. Um, in general, in life and career, I would definitely say first mistake is thinking that you know it all. Um, yeah. So when I started as a PT in lifestyle, uh, I was young PT in lifestyle fitness in Burnley uh, with a young team. Uh, never thought I was better than anybody. Genuinely never thought um, myself as like a better PT than anyone. Um, but I also did think that I knew it all or I knew a lot. Yeah, uh, And then when you start, yeah, I always, I think there's a quote out there that's, uh, the more that you learn, the more you realise how little you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that quote has True. stuck with me for a long time. Uh, so I started training and, and attending certain courses and meetings and, God, every single meeting and course and YouTube video that I watched seminar that I attended, it was a realisation of the fact that I knew nothing. Uh, So yeah, first mistake is uh, never think that you know everything. Yeah. Uh, Second thing that it's not, I wouldn't say it's a mistake but it didn't work for me was uh, uh, paying for marketing. So I used to spend quite a lot of money on advertisements and um, newspapers and um, business cards and stuff like that, you know, making myself, getting my face out there, uh, getting my name out there, that guy that walked past you be like, hey, if you ever need me, there's my card. And yeah. Here you, hey, you go, sir. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the spot. If you ever need anything, there's my card. Then, you know, a couple of hours later, you see all your cards on the floor. You know, yeah, yeah. The best form of uh, marketing is social media. Yeah, you can pay for advertisements, and they're brilliant, but we're talking in, in like, I'll, I'll pay for advertisements now, but in the beginning of my career, it's one of the biggest mistakes. I, I had to focus on income, not outgoings. Yeah. Uh, so definitely uh, don't pay for any sort of marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so any more big mistakes within the career? I can't think I can't really think of any massive mistakes that I've made in my career. Like, you know, that has had such a, a big impact. I've been screwed over a couple of times in my career, definitely, but it's not no mistake of mine.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I think in regards to that, it would just be, um, don't think that you know everything. Um, think about things before you pay for them. Definitely. And, uh, I think when I'm uh, – in fact, this is a massive one for me personally because I do um, drug-free bodybuilding yeah, uh, or bodybuilding in general. It doesn't even have to be drug-free. I wish, I wish from the bottom of my heart when I was a younger lad that I wasn't so shy and I could have asked for uh, people's advice in the gym Uh I I just I, I What well, is shy. that when you was a,
0: a coach yourself that like, like when you started off as a coach when you wanted to uh, Probably yeah well that that
1: bit is more of an ego I'm on about before coaching so basically, oh, right. before coaching when I wanted to develop my physique I'd see bigger lads in the gym you know when I'm like 14 yeah. 15 16 and I'd never go up to him and ask for the advice because I'm too I was too shy um But then when I started coaching, I wouldn't go up to anybody and ask for their advice as a coach because it was that egotistical thing of I've got coach written on my back. So I don't ask for anyone's advice, especially gym members. They ask for my advice. And some of these guys, you know, that used to train at the gym. One of them was, you know, an Olympic powerlifter that sticks out uh, in my mind. The the other two were uh, fantastic athletes. Um, in their own given sport. Um, I've worked with national squash players, but just because it isn't your sport, these guys are um, international level athletes. And I never asked any of them for their advice, just based on 90% of it being uh, how shy I was. And then when I started getting into the fitness industry and I was a young personal trainer myself, uh, like I said, don't think you know everything. So that was that thing of no, I'm not gonna ask for advice because then it'll degrade me as a PT in their eyes. Uh, whereas now I'm totally the opposite. I'd go up to anybody and ask for their advice and see how much I can learn. But I think that's just part of a personal trainer's career. Yeah. Oh.
0: Well oh, that's, that, no, that's some good some good points there. So people listening can take them take them on board, can't they really? You know. Younger and if they're experienced themselves, you know, you don't have to be starting out, you know. But um, moving on, talk like there's, there's many, there's a lot of personal trainers, uh, well, in the UK, especially there's a lot in Burn, in the Burnley area. So, so within the growing fitness industry, what separates good slash great ones from the average ones?
1: In, in a nutshell, mate. Hands down, I'd say work ethic.
0: Yeah, professionalism and all that.
1: Yeah, not even professionalism, Josh. Like work ethic comes before anything. So if you're willing to get up
0: at five in the morning
1: (laughs) at silly times, yeah, go to bed at silly times and be on that gym floor and walk the walk, talk the talk the 12, 14-hour days, day in, day out, and not come home with a penny in your pocket, but you don't give up on that dream, that separates the good from the bad. Because eventually, then people won't just have clients, but they're the grafters that will then start to turn their attention on education. Because they're the ones that's had to graft for their clients. They're the ones that's worked all the hours. And they're the ones that are then take pride in every single client that they have and they want the best for them and over the course of a very short period of time they'll then start to look at education and put all of their efforts into that so without a doubt the answer to that one is work ethic
0: and it's just like you said in the previous questions you know when you said when you were sat at home now and you, you, know, you, you look back and you've got your car and you drive the house you're in and you feel like that effort and that that work effort you've put in has got you there. So, to anyone listening, or like if you're experiencing the in the fitness industry, work ethic's massive because then you can look back and say, "Look, I I, I put the graft team work up at silly o'clock, you know, doing the twelve fourteen hour shifts, and this is what it's got me." You 100%, 100%. know, a hundred percent. So, so about the fitness industry for you, who are your role models in the industry?
1: Um, this is a weird one to be fair because with role models, I'm quite open with that. I'd class a role model as someone I sort of aspire to. Um, I don't really aspire to being anybody because I it's like when I tell my clients, um, you shouldn't really give me a picture of a celebrity saying I want to look like them, you should want to be the best version of you that you can be. But yeah there's certainly certainly people that i look up to in the industry um and people that i'm i follow regularly and i, I really think highly of is uh the guys at um team 3dmj um mike hostell uh doctor that is uh even though he is with them as well i'd say dr eric helms i'd say jeff nippard I'd say um, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld. What other people come to mind? Um, I'd say 100% like my best mates, personal trainer Luke Walker. I think me and him converse a lot based on our own programs, and his opinions uh, for me uh, are highly valued. Um, so I, I put him on a pedestal as to somebody's opinion who I, I really appreciate because I can't ask these other doctors for their opinions. So my main learnings come from these guys, but um, I definitely put Luke in that bracket of someone who I uh, appreciate and look up to in the industry.
0: Oh, brilliant! Exactly, there's a lot there, which is good to have a lot of role models. There will be,
1: there will be more. Um, yeah,
0: when you put people. In,
1: it's one of them. Like, yeah, the the first people that come to mind are them, definitely.
0: All right, good. Is there so for the future? Ev, have, have you do, you have any future goals or ans- uh, aspirations?
1: Hundred percent. I'm always looking to improve. Um, My goal within the fitness industry has, uh, in recent years, I'd say in the last five years, to be to open my own training facility um, and basically have my own uh, place of training where clients and personal trainers can come. My vision for that would be to sort of emulate the um, process of what Lifestyle gave us, which is – to have seminars in there and PTs coming from in and around the Burnley area or nationwide uh, just to come down and basically upskill each other. Uh, yeah. Within training seminars, I think it's so, so valuable for personal trainers to continue to upskill themselves. And then on top of that, I would also say to have seminars in, in regards to mental health, nutrition training and exercise with uh, clients as well so we can have client seminars where all clients turn up, they get free drinks and stuff on the day and they just sit there for a couple of hours and learn a few things. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say owning my own premises and the uh, training ethos and everything that comes with that is a definite goal and then I have a couple of um, personal goals as well on top of that.
0: Oh, that's, brilliant. that's brilliant It sounds, it's a really good idea that with it with the the clients coming in and you know it's it sounds really good at like they can come in and uh, have the ethos and stuff which it's brilliant brilliant idea especially um the ones with the coaches and other coaches come in and you can have like put courses on so they can learn which is i think it's a fantastic idea uh but yeah evan thank you very much for your time today mate thank you very much and well, for thank com- you as
1: well, Josh. And I uh, hope your listeners can
0: take a lot from this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, for the listeners, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. And you help keep, you help continue the growth of the channel for the very first episode of the uh, Claret Coaching Podcast. I really appreciate it for you, listeners, it's and hope you pleasure. all have a good rest of the day.
1: <laughs> thank you very much, thank- Josh.
0: Then always cheers, Ev. Thank you.